Thanks for tuning in to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. You are listening to an interview with Jill Cooper called Finding Healing After Abortion. For today's show notes, transcript, and more information about your Newborn Promise Project, please visit GrahamBlanchard.com. Well, welcome to the Newborn Promise Podcast. I am Audra Haney, and today we want to talk about remembering. The second chapter of our book, Your Newborn Promise Project, is actually titled Remember, and we talk about how important it is to remember God's faithfulness, His faithful acts to His children throughout history, and to us as individuals when we know and love Him. We discuss how, in this way, the past is a great friend to the future. However, we also know that being pregnant and bringing a new life into the world or into your family can unearth painful and unexpected memories from our past. For Jill Cooper, starting a family in her 30s brought up the painful memory of an abortion after an unplanned pregnancy in her 20s. In today's episode, Jill shares with us how God revealed the painful emotions of that decision after years of burying them deep inside. She also shares how he set her free from condemnation and shame and helped her step into new purpose in life. We know that Jill's story is all too common today. And if you share a similar past, we want you to know that today's episode is a safe place, free of judgment and full of a God waiting to heal you. We know these emotions may be hard to revisit, But our prayer for you today is that whether you are just discovering Christ or just need to remember His amazing mercy and work on the cross, our prayer is that today would be a landmark day for you, a day to look back and remember as a turning point in your journey to freedom, and a day of complete and total healing for you and your entire family. Jill, your testimony really starts when you are a teenager and were searching for love. Describe that period of your life for us. Well, like many people, um, I come from a dysfunctional family. My father was an alcoholic, and um, and the love was not there, especially for my father. And so as a teenager, I became promiscuous and searched for love in all the wrong places, um, turned to drugs at the time, and um, and I truly did not have a good self-worth um, or self-concept. Um, so that kind of you know, led me to a lot of um, wrong choices um, in my um, teenage years, and it, it continued through um, even in college. Jill, did you feel like you were able to find God's love in church? Well, I was raised in a church that was um, teaching um, that God, we feared God, and I felt like I could never be good enough. So I therefore didn't try. Um, I just felt like I was never going to be good enough. So um, I didn't live with God in my life from the time I was eight until I was probably 30, um, because he didn't have a place in my life. How did that affect the decisions that you are making at that time in your life? 
Well, without God in in our lives, we don't have a basis of moral character, um, our values um, that stem from God. They're if they're not there, anything goes. And so I was, um, my philosophies of life were um, created by what I heard from my um, peers and um, and in culture. And so you know, all kinds of issues come up when you know you just don't have that guidance. And so I didn't have that guidance um, from anybody, even around me. My friends weren't um, giving me good feedback, um, and I did feel like um, anything went. So I just made up my own rules um, about life, and that that led me to a lot of dark places in my life. In your mid-20s, you found yourself in an unplanned pregnancy situation. If you don't mind, just tell us about the circumstances behind that. Well, I was living with a, my boyfriend, and um, I was taking birth control, but then I changed birth control devices, and I became pregnant. And at first, I I was a little um, excited about it, but then when um, I came home to tell him, um, he was totally against it. He was in the middle of um, his um, college career, and that, you know, a pregnancy didn't have any place there. So... Um, he wanted me to have an abortion and, and the friends that I had, and even my mother at the time, um, felt that that was a good decision, um, to have the abortion. And, and I felt like it was a clump of tissues. And so, um, it wasn't a baby yet. So I could convince myself that was an an okay situation, a good decision for me at the time. After you followed through with that abortion, even though the culture had shaped your opinion of the pregnancy, what emotions were you feeling? Well, at first, I was relieved that um, the crisis was over, that I didn't have to worry about it. And I even celebrated a little bit. But um, throughout uh, my relationship with that um, that man, I, I, I even became, you know, we, we got married later. Um, I still had a lot of anger toward him uh, for pressing me into that situation for for pressuring me, um, in, in essence into that situation. Um, so I, I, I just pushed it down. I became more involved in drinking and and drugs. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to think about it. Um, for many, many years, I did not really think about the abortion at all because it was over and I thought it didn't have any any, you know, I didn't have any issues because of the abortion. How are the things that you are feeling deep inside? You know, even when we stuff emotions deep inside, they still have a way of coming to the surface. How are those manifesting in your life and really affecting your relationships? Well, I think I distance myself from people. Um, I shut down in a lot of ways, emotionally, spiritually, especially. I didn't seek God even at that time, even though I was going through a lot of problems with my marriage and friendships, um, because I didn't, you know, didn't feel like he was one to run to. Um, but there was this built up anger and bitterness and, um, and a a little hopelessness that things would even ever get better. Mm, what eventually led you back to the church? You said you came back to the church in your thirties. So, what prompted that decision? Um, well, it was a divorce. Um, I had left my husband 
obviously there were years and years of um, bitterness and anger, and we just never were able to um, make that work. And but it was even though it was my decision to leave the relationship and have a divorce, um, I felt like a failure. And then I even went deeper into darkness and just a lot of partying after that. And um, so there was one night that I just it was a really bad. The next morning, my friend said, well, let's go to church. And it was even in a church um, like one that I had grown up in. But um, I met Jesus there and uh, I realized how much I had messed up. And I guess it was that rock bottom place for me that I reached out to God at that point in, in that service. And and from there, he has totally um covered me and um, led me and and, um, kept me going um, to know him more and to to realize that he was the only hope I would have. Mm, And if you don't mind, just dive a little deeper into that, because for so long, it was about performance for God and measuring up. But describe the difference and the love you felt when you truly met Christ. Oh, gosh, it was... um, it was the first time that I could really feel that and know that he loved me no matter what, um, that his love was not based on me being good enough, that um, the things that I had learned about him many years uh, before that were not true, and that I learned that God was truly love, that he did not condemn, um, that he was there for me, not against me. And so I was able to open up to him and to um, as I learned in Bible studies and I just grew in my knowledge of who he really was, I was able to trust him and surrender more of my life to him. And, and he replaced a lot of the anger with, um, with for, you know, redeeming love that he himself was paid the price. So I didn't have to. And um, it was truly a time that I felt um I had borders, I had rules, I had, um, I I was being led by um, something bigger than me, so I didn't have to create my own little world, which was definitely crumbling. And after a number of years of stuffing the emotion and the memory of your abortion, how was the memory of that triggered again? Well, I was working um, in... um, Miami, I was driving um, for my work to and from um, um, homes um, because as a physical therapist, I was doing home health. And I heard a, um, a ministry um, on focus on the family, an interview with a woman who had said um, that, you know, she was talking about her past abortion and she said um, something to the effect that the babies were not mad at their mothers, that they were not, um, they were in a better place and that that they didn't um, hold that against um, the mothers that had abortions. And I felt that um, I needed to even pull over that time. It just struck me with God speaking to me um, directly through that radio ministry that um, it was okay to actually think about the abortion and to ask God for forgiveness and to ask him for healing because it wasn't something I needed to hide from anymore that um, he was there for me and 
and uh, my baby who is in heaven um, was okay and um, that she had forgiven me. I think that is so powerful. And even though you were a believer, um, you still had a lot of hard things to work through. And it was so important to address those. But tell me about some of the struggles you are still having because you had buried those issues deep inside your heart. Well, even as a Christian, I needed healing um, from my past. And I did go to a Christian counselor for a few years after that um, to, to deal with some of the past issues that I had and to let God in and to hear, um, what the counselor was going to, you know, I had what she shared with me that God, who God really was and how he could, um, forgive me and, and redeem my past. And, um, so I, um, I truly think it, that our, my forgiveness was immediate, but the healing process took many, many years. Talk to me about God's healing power to give you freedom from that shame. I think it's something people think, oh, maybe I'll never be free from this. But talk to me about God's faithfulness through, like you said, that immediate forgiveness and the process. What difference did that begin to make in your life? Um, As I um, found out more about who God was, I was able to um, let go of um, some of the guilt that I had, the forgive, unforgiveness I had against myself, against my boyfriend and husband, against um, the abortionist, against even the culture that was telling me that was just a blob of tissue, that truly I was able to forgive others. And therefore, God was able to, you know, really help me to heal. Because if I didn't um, get to that point, and only with God can you forgive sometimes, um, the big things, you um, get stuck. And I was stuck in, in that anger and bitterness. And um, because of the forgiveness I was able to give to others, I was then able to be healed by God's um, love and forgiveness and mercy and how he redeems all of that. You know, when I became a Christian, I was led to... Um, to volunteer in a crisis pregnancy center that was near me. And um, that was the first ministry I'd ever uh, volunteered for. And I went through training. I went through a Bible study. um, And I found that I was being able to use my past to help others maybe make a different choice in their lives. How did that further transform you, you know, working in those pregnancy help centers? How did that take you even deeper in your healing? I think I think when you um, are able to use your past, that's what God's um, economy. When He for He forgives us and and heals us from uh, past issue, and then we use it. Um, and as I was able to use that um, that compassion toward these people that maybe were coming in and considering an abortion, and I was able to um, say I had I was there. I know what they were going through. I, I was in a crisis pregnancy. And I know that even as a Christian, you can be in a crisis pregnancy and feel that you have no other choice other than abortion. And I didn't have the judgmental attitude. I was very compassionate and, and God used that, um, that time to heal me further and to, to help me to rely on him, 
because I couldn't counsel other women without his help. And so, you know, that kept me closer to him. Um, and then I, you know, truly felt like I was using my past to help others and, and um, helping others to come to better better decisions than I had. And I didn't have that in my past. I didn't have the, um, the resources. And, and so as I was able to volunteer and help others, um, it gave me uh, even more of a purpose because we know that all things work together for his good and that he, um, God, helps us to, you know, with our purpose in our lives. And that was, that was then became my purpose. Jill, that is so powerful. And you eventually remarried, and some of the battles began to resurface. Talk to me about some of the circumstances that you found to be hard once again as you began to build a family. Yeah, because, you know, as um, some, sometimes even when we felt like we've been healed, something comes up and, um, for for my second husband and I, we weren't able to become pregnant. And so with those years of infertility, um, I think the enemy was um, trying to um, tell me um, lies that, you know, well, I deserved that. Um, I didn't deserve to have a baby, um, that I had um, had an abortion. I had that chance. And so I wasn't going to be able to be pregnant. And um those years of infertility, I felt like I was being punished sometimes, and I had to keep running back to God and knowing that um, that wasn't his heart. Um, if he gave my husband and I a desire to have children, then he was going to provide for us, and, and he did in a in a very loving way, um, and we were able to ab- adopt our children, and um, that's how he, he replaced um, that infertility to actually um, use um, our infertility to um, help another, you know, other children to have, um, have a family. And so that um, those thoughts, um, I had to replace those with God's thoughts. I think a lot of women do struggle with that. And if they have it in their past and they meet infertility later, it's really hard. So talk to that woman or that man. What would you share with them if they feel like maybe God is punishing them for that decision? Well, one thing is that um, God does not condemn us. It might be that um, he has a better plan for her or even just um, the timing that God's heart is not to punish. He, he wants to heal her and forgive her for her abortion. Um, and it's it's a matter of who we listen to, that are we going to listen to God's heart, that he loves us and he is for us and not against us, um, that he can um, provide for us. And um, as we surrender to him, sometimes it's in that surrendering that um, he then can bless us because we want to have it our way and our timing. And um, Lord, the Lord always uses our, our trials to, um, to help us to even to get to that point where we have to surrender. And I, I do believe that that, um, un, I guess, when you um, haven't gotten that healing from a past abortion, I think um, 
the enemy's voice is so much louder. And so that healing, I would speak to that person um, that maybe even feels like, yes, I, I've been forgiven for my past abortion um, or abortions um, that have they really gone through healing. If they can't talk about it with someone, then um, it's, it's buried too deep and the enemy can use that against them. What would you say to a woman who maybe has a similar past that you do? How would you encourage her? Um, I really feel that um, a lot of people shy away from even mentioning this to anyone. Sometimes their spouse doesn't even know. And because of that, they, their relationship is, um, is altered. They, they have secrets. Um, but also when we keep anything in the dark, um, we, that the enemy is going to use that, um, against us. Um, and that, uh, I, I believe that people with a past abortion need healing and there are several different resources, um, through crisis pregnancy centers that they, um, in fact, the crisis pregnancy center in, across America, um, offer Bible studies for past, um, post-abortive men and women, um, so that they can receive healing and God's forgiveness. Um, because like I said before, maybe we feel forgiven, but if it's still, um, an issue, there's, there's even an issue, there's, um, post-abortion, um, PTSD, or a post-abortion syndrome um, with a lot of distress um, symptoms that um, if somebody were to even look up online, they could see that um, possibly even becoming um, overprotective of a child or not being able to really have a good relationship with their spouse, that they, um, they may be suffering from this past abortion and they wouldn't, they may not even understand that that is part of the part of the um maybe unforgiveness that they they are holding on to that they haven't forgiven themselves for for that Mm, that's so good and talk to me about a group that is often overlooked the men that have also been a part of an abortion in the past what words of encouragement would you have for them and do you have any resources to recommend to them specifically Yes. Um, for many years, I think I thought, well, men weren't really a part of it. I guess I believe the cultural um, saying that it's a woman's choice. Well, many men are really suffering from uh, past abortions that their wives or girlfriends have had. Um, maybe even they pressured them um, or they didn't have a choice in the matter or they found out later after they, um, their um, loved one had the abortion, um, that God made a man to be a protector and a provider. And when that's taken away, even if it was his choice, he needs healing as well. And um, there are um, probably many resources. I know that our Crisis Pregnancy Center um, offers um, a Bible st- study called Healing a Father's Heart by Linda Cochran. And um, she has also written Forgiven and Set Free, which is for the women um, after uh, an abortion. 
And you know, just in case there is someone listening and they have stumbled across the podcast and for whatever reason, they have found themselves in a situation where they feel like an abortion really is the only option. What would you tell them? I would say that abortion hurts, that it seems like an easy answer. It seems like the easy way out. It seems like the only way out for many people, but it is not. And there's so many other choices. They could um, have the the baby and, and place that baby for adoption. They could um, have the baby and raise it. Um, I'll tell you that if you ask many of the women that and men who have gone through an abortion situation, um, that there's not really a day that you don't really think about it. Um, sometimes, um, you know, I feel that I have, um, been forgiven and set free. I do not have shame. I will tell anyone my abortion story, but, um, I have regret, um, about it. And so I'm not minimizing it. Um, it does seem like a good choice for many people and, um, it is legal. So you can even think it's okay, but it's, it's really not. It hurts. It hurts your spiritual, emotional, physical um, being. Because even as a woman, you know, our heart is to provide and protect our children. Um, And when we have decided that against that um, unborn child, even at conception at five weeks old gestation, um, this is still a human being that we um, have decided not you know, that they would not live and um, it, it affects you. Um, so the, I guess I would just warn a person to, to go and talk to somebody in a crisis pregnancy center in um, there's many across this nation that um, are there to help um, and to also provide help and support throughout the pregnancy. And then even afterward. And do you mind just elaborating on just the resource of a pregnancy help center? Maybe they're in that hard situation. So what are some things that the pregnancy center has to offer for someone who may feel like things are hopeless? Well, there's, um, they offer all free um, counseling, um, the, the pregnancy t- testing, um, limited uh, ultrasound and also um, providing things like cribs and, and blankets and clothes and maternity clothes and, and, um, and really weekly counseling through the um, pregnancy center. And um, our center offers um, counseling throughout the pregnancy and then um, also um, for about probably a year afterward so that they you know, especially financially, diapers and wipes can be very expensive and all the financial things, you know, um, they can give a hand. Um, they also um, can help them to find um, maybe um, a home that they could live in um, if they're, they don't have any resources, their family um, members don't want to help them or are not, not um, supportive. Um, Pregnancy centers can find homes um, and give them resources for that as well. Ultimately, what would you say to our listeners about the forgiveness and the healing power of Christ's love? 
What can people expect if they bring this past pain to him? Well, as I said before, there is no condemnation, as um, Romans 8, 1 says, for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Um, Jesus paid it all, and there is not one thing that he didn't die for on the cross. Um, he knows your pain. He knows your your um, decisions, and he still loves you. And I believe that, um, you know, even in Ezekiel, we, we love this um, verse um, in our Bible study that says that, um, that he replaces, um, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I think a lot of people who have uh, a past decision, a past abortion in their, and they are not healed, that they have kind of a part of them that is dead and that until they get healed, they don't, ha- they have that heart of stone and God can give that um, person um, male or female, um, one abortion, many abortions, it doesn't matter. He will give you a heart of flesh, a heart that is bent toward God and that he can heal you and take you to the next step in your, um, in your walk with him. Jill, thank you so much for all the amazing encouragement, insight, and the resources that you have shared today. Would you mind just closing out our time together, praying for a woman or a man who have had an abortion in their past and really want to bring this pain to Christ? Yes, Lord, thank you so much that you are our perfect heavenly father. No matter if we had fathers that weren't there for us, Lord, you are always there for us. You never leave us or forsake us. Lord, thank you so much that you are so involved with our lives that you know every hair on our head and you know everything we have done in the past and you still love us. You died for us even when we were still not um, not with you, even though we may have even hated you or turned our backs on you, you died for us. And Lord, thank you so much for all the men and women that listen to this uh, podcast that will get um, the hope that you have, that you have given to them. And Lord, that through Jesus, that we all have hope in you for healing and for redemption, for forgiveness, and that you would give us a life that would be abundant and full. And Lord, that you would heal us from this past um, abortion or abortions, any past mistakes that we have made, you died on the cross for, and we know that. We thank you so much, Lord, for loving us well and for blessing us in this program and this ministry. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We know that our God is a God of great compassion and healing and can use your past to bless and help heal others. Please join us next week if you have a heart for this issue. We talked to one of the top pro-life speakers in the country about how you can dive in and help and the difference that pregnancy help centers can make in the lives of unborn children.
If you want to learn more about Jill, find additional resources, today's show notes, transcript, and more information about your newborn promise project, please visit grahamblanchard.com.